Good evening and welcome to my first podcast. My name is Ryan Kuffman. It is a pleasure to talk to you tonight. What we're going to look at this evening is Christopher Inman's book for all the white folk who teach in the hood. So let's go ahead and dive into it. One of the first things that they talk about in the book is looking at how white American teachers came on to Indian reservations and what that looked like as far as us educating the Native Americans. So the Native Americans in the book are referred to as the indigenous people and the white teachers that are there are obviously the group of people who are trying to teach them how to be white, teach them how to assimilate into society. And that is the 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 foundation for where Christopher Edmonds going to head in this book for all the white folk who teach in the hood. So in as he dives into the book, he's going to refer to the urban students as the neo-indigenous. These are the African-American kids or the, the kids of ethnic minorities who the white teachers are trying to get to assimilate in and fit that mold that they have for the perfect students in the classroom. And, and looking at these kiddos, maybe they don't exactly meet that mold. And, and what we look at in the book is, all right, how do we foster that? How do we encourage them and grow and, and help them become better individuals? And that all starts with us, where we got to get out of our comfort zone. So there's a lot of stuff that I, I want to kind of get at here. Um, when we're looking at a traditional curriculum, all right, one of the things that the book talks about is that you don't want to smile until November. You just you just got to get for the first couple months and you got to be stone cold and don't let the kids know that they can get to you. And it isn't until later in the, the school year. And I think all of us as teachers, you understand this, that at the end of the school year, everything is great and the students love you. And, and you look back and you're like, oh, my God, that was such a great school year. It's such a great experience. But why doesn't that happen earlier? So you look at. Well, at the end of the school year, is it because they know your structure, your stability? They know exactly what kind of teacher you are and you guys have somehow built a relationship? Or is it because you've relaxed on your expectations a little bit? So these are some concepts that, that kind of go into it. So what we want to see here is we know that effective teachers have to build relationships with their students absolutely is a priority you have to build a relationship with your student we see that christopher inman talks about how he goes to a gospel church and how he looks at how the pastor the preacher interacts with the congregation and he's like good morning and he's like, oh, no, I, I can't hear you guys can do better than that. Good morning. So this is something that I actually I took and I implemented in one of my classrooms. I was filling in for a teacher for about a week and uh, the teacher was really struggling. So we we're trying to get him some other observations in different areas to to help build him up. And, and while he was while we were doing that, I was going into his classroom and trying to put in some structure. So it was really cool that I take some of these concepts that we're reading about in the book and I could directly translate it right into 
how can I make this classroom better? So uh, it was something that it was a little goofy for my kiddos, um, my students, but I think ultimately they understand the purpose and, and they knew that what I'm trying to do here and, and what I think the purpose of the book states is you got to build community with our kids. You got to get them invested and get them motivated properly. And only then and after some relationship buildings are we going to be able to teach these kids. So um, that's all some really good stuff. It states here, how does this look different than, than the curriculum that we know of? You know, there's, there's a lot of things in the classroom that I did as a teacher that I didn't really know how to put into words. And it was one of those things like, well, I, I do what I do in the classroom but I don't know how to explain that and how to model that back for somebody else. So looking at this book, there's a lot of things that I'm like, oh, yeah, I did do that. One of the, the things talking about adding community was creating jobs for your kids every single day, having jobs for your kids. So whether it's them taking out trash or them vacuuming the floor, them wiping off the boards or them picking up pencils, giving them ownership um, and not letting that be taken away. So talking about translating that back to that classroom with that teacher that I had. Um, that was one thing that I, I suggested to him that I want you to give these students jobs. And if they happen to not be there that day, that's fine. No one does their job. Don't have someone else do their job because that is their specific thing. That is what their purpose in that classroom is, you know, there to vacuum the floor. And if they happen to be on a visit or they have the doctor's appointment or for some reason they're not in the classroom, give them the chance to do their job in the morning. Maybe they refuse. And that was, that was something that I talked with that teacher. Maybe they refuse. Well, we talked about a token economy where if they do their job Monday through Friday on Fridays, they get paid. And then we have kind of classroom store. Well, if you're not there or you refuse your job, then there's no way you can get paid. Um, so just trying to set up and establish a good structure for the classroom. I think that was that's really important. There's a lot of concepts that came out of this book. One of the things, honestly, that I think that I want to do with this book is pass this to that teacher and say, hey, read this and let me know what your thoughts are. Because this book, for all the white folk who teach in the hood and all the rest of y'all too, that's the title of it. There's so many different things that I feel that I took away from this book that I want to share with others. Um, so how does that look different from a traditional setting? We talked a little bit about, um, in the books, how a first year teacher is just struggling and you you know how it is. We've all been first year teachers and you're trying to get your, your feet underneath you, trying to keep your head above water. And second year, all of us second year teachers are like, oh man, we're going to have such a better year this year. I know what kind of teacher I'm going to be. I know exactly what I'm going to do with my kids. I know how I'm going to reach my students. But then we fall back into old habits and old structures and like, oh man, I don't want to just continue to tread water like I did last year. Um, so come up with common interests. Find out what works for the kids. There's a really cool part in this book, and I never even thought about this, that the Neo, um, the, the students that we are going to be working with, um, that their their values are different than our values and that they may look at buying a pair of $150 Jordans as a status symbol. And we, 
I may look at buying a pair of $150 shoes is absolutely unreasonable. Not when I can pay $60 for a pair of shoes. Um, but to them, that's a big deal. And, and this is something that as I was kind of reading through this, I was thinking of one of my other teachers who is really impactful and, and has a great relationship with the students. And that's a big thing for him is shoes. Um, and, and as much as that's a status symbol for the kids being like, oh, my, look, you got the latest Jordans or I got I got these nice Air Maxes. Um, and it's like, wow, I can't believe that that is a big deal. But to these kids, um, it is it is a big deal. So find those common interests. Find things in the classroom that you can make interesting, connect it to them, and give them ownership of the classroom. Big takeaways that I took away from this. If any of you are struggling, please reach out. There's a lot of things that I want to talk to you about. I feel that I'm pretty confident in my behavior management techniques for the classroom. Um, comes along with a lot of years of experience, but there's always something that I'm learning. And, and I hope that you guys as teachers, there's things that you're also learning. Okay, Don't... Don't be afraid to admit that you do not know everything. It's okay if the kids ask you a question and you don't know the answer to it. Table that conversation. Come back to it at a later time. Hey, I appreciate you asking that, me that question yesterday. Here's the answer that I found out. In the last 40 seconds here, here's what I want to tell you. A big takeaway. You are, as a teacher, who you associate with. So... Surround yourself with people that are going to help you grow because you want to continue to grow. Be positive in the classroom. Have like-minded people because at the end of the day, that's going to help you as a support system. Where you have a rough day, talk to somebody who knows what's going on because that is going to be your support system, your community in that classroom. You're creating a community for your kids. You need to have a community for you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and I appreciate you, and I look forward to making another podcast. Have a great evening, y'all.